3: Our attitude to or a view to live a holistic life, and by holistic, I mean, you know, what you're putting in your body, how much you're moving your body, you know, where you live, the friends that you keep, the relationships that you have, the career that you have. These all play into your longevity, these all play into your health. And I think that a lot of times we're so told to like you know you got to lose the 15 pounds and you got to go run the half marathon or whatever you know i think each person is different and we need to be a little bit more forgiving to ourselves but we also need to move every day
2: the seven chakras swirling vortices of energy position throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras, and now your host, Aditya Jai Kumar.
4: what's up action tribe aj here host and founder of my seven chakras mysevenchakras.com the show where we help you calm your mind relax your nervous system and experience deep states of bliss in today's episode it's a very timely conversation that we're going to have that's related to what's going on in the world today with high inflation gas prices and overheated Real estate market and stress levels at an all time high, you might feel a little bit ungrounded and feel like you do not belong. Now, this episode is an invitation to look at life in a different way. What if there was a way to come out of the matrix and relocate yourself to a place that is more in alignment with your values and your vision for life? A chance to move away from the rat race and live life on your own terms. In Mexico or someplace else. You are going to enjoy this episode so if you like the work that we do and if you'd like to support our efforts then make sure that you hit the subscribe button or the follow button or the plus button depending on what platform you're on because that does something to the algorithm and it helps more people see this podcast and get to know about this interview, right? So make sure you hit the subscribe button and support us. With that being said, let's bring on our special guest for today, Riza Morimoto. So Riza is a certified integrative nutrition health coach and founder and CEO of Modern Aging. She's also a documentary filmmaker and TV producer slash director Her mother had a massive stroke in 2001 and then was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 2009. Her father was diagnosed with dementia in 2016. And these experiences are the inspiration for modern aging, a place where we can discover innovative and holistic ways to approach our health and well-being as we age. And I sense that uh, you're really going to love this episode today. A lot of Uh, takeaways, a lot of actionable steps, uh, and I hope to explore many themes that um, a lot of us might be thinking about right now. So, Reza, welcome to our show.
3: Thank you so, so much. I'm excited to be here.
4: Awesome. Likewise, likewise. Um, So, I'm a fan of Riza because I got to know her through her YouTube channel where she's done a lot of work in terms of uh, creating content around, like I said, wellness, but she's also done a lot of research and interviewed a lot of people in terms of uh, considering Mexico as a place for relocating or retiring. And many of you know, I'm also someone who is seeing different options right now, and Mexico sort of caught my attention, and one thing led to the other, and you know how the YouTube algorithm works, right? Uh, And I thought, why not have Riza on our show, just to maybe, for me to ask more questions, but also to create more value around um, moving to Mexico. So Riza, before we get into all of it, I'd love to know about your story. How did it all begin for you? Where were you born and brought up?
3: I was born in New York city. I was raised on Long Island about an hour away from the city. I, you know, my whole childhood upbringing was pretty much in New York. I did travel a little bit. I would go back and forth to Japan with family. Um, always, always was intrigued by travel. Um, and it was a part of my life. And then about nine, 10 years ago, um, I as you had mentioned I'm a documentary filmmaker and then I also TV I produce TV shows uh and direct TV and so I landed a job with House Hunters International. And so it was kind of like the perfect marriage of my skill set with my love of travel and and basically for about an 8 year period I was on the road all the time just traveling to so many different countries and um it was basically the, the, the traveling kind of abruptly stopped, um, right before the pandemic. But of course, because of the proximity of Mexico and because so many Americans and North Americans are just love, love Mexico because of its weather and culture and proximity to the U S and Canada, it's a very popular place for people to relocate. Um, and so since I was, producing the show and I was going down there so often, I just decided to start interviewing some of my friends, some of my realtor friends, because I felt like there was so much information that was never ever going to be shown on a show like House Hunters, right? Um, but there are like real questions and real confusion about Mexico. And for me as a wellness uh, you know, advocate and a health coach, I feel that where we live, Is so critical to our health that, you know, if you live in a stressful environment, if you live, you know, if you have a stressful job, that is just as bad as eating McDonald's every single day, you know? So for me, um, I just wanted to provide more information and kind of dispel some of the myths that surround Mexico, you know? Um, and so that's where it all started. And then we'd start doing these videos and they started going viral and I'm like, oh my God, I guess people really are curious. (laughs) Um, as to what Mexico has to offer. I mean, that's how you found me, right?
4: That's right. That's right. Um, Very, very interesting. Um, I think for people listening to this show, one of the ideal situations is to be able to do a job which involves a lot of travel, right? And uh, I think deep down, and I've also thought about this a lot, I think as human beings, deep down, we are wired to travel and to see what this world has to offer and to experience uh, different cultures and places and sites and scenes and so much of learning that you can acquire right? just as a result of your travels Um, and maybe there comes a point where you've traveled so much that you're like tired of traveling and now you want to go back home but when you go back home just like the Lord of the Rings movies and Bilbo Baggins uh, you come back home but you're a different changed individual right you're not the same anymore your travels have shaped you in ways
3: yeah would you say that Oh, yeah. And what a gift it is, right? Uh, just being so lucky to have so many friends all over the world is amazing. Um, and what that does, you know, for me, it fills my soul. You know, it mm-hmm. really, it's kind of like it's my medicine is <laughs> traveling. And I just, I love exploring and I love talking to people with from different cultures, different languages, you know, my daughter is actually—we adopted her. She's 15 she, when she was 15, from Colombia. So it's—I um, don't know. I just—it's just part of my DNA, really. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a natural fit, right? Um, and Mexico is—is yeah. is just easy. It's very easy for North Americans because it's really this integration between, you know, American culture, Canadian culture, with Mexican culture. Uh, And I think that that's why the adjustment and the transition is so easy, and that's why it's so popular. Um, Mm. You know, depending on what town, and then you can also go, you know, to like a Veracruz or you know a small town like that, and and really experience Mexico, Mexico. Or you go to like a Cabo, you know, and Mm. then it feels more like Southern California. It kind of has everything, which is um, which is really nice.
4: Yeah. Well, partly I wanted to do this interview because. If you talk to anybody, um, maybe in Canada or United States, depending on how well worse they are about life in Mexico, uh, a lot a lot of times because of mainstream media, they'll be like, Mexico is not safe, you know, like there are cartels all around and it's, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty that, which breeds fear. And because of that, people just shut down that option of Mexico in the first place. But uh, would you say you found out that it's not exactly true <laughs> that and well, that's partly the reason why so many people are considering going to Mexico and other other countries as well, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if for those people who have been to Mexico, they understand, right? They know. Yeah. Uh, every country has its risks. To be honest, mm-hmm. I do feel that the United States is riskier than Mexico. You know, um, in the United States, you have more random. Kind of targets rather than in mexico it's very targeted right if you don't want to get into trouble if you don't want to you know um be involved with anything that's really shady you know you got to avoid the drugs don't Mm -hmm. buy the drugs don't Mm -hmm. try to sell the drugs you know, you it's it's kind of like common sense. And maybe because I'm a New Yorker, you know, you kind of know, right? You, if you don't want to get in trouble, then don't get in, don't do the things that are going to get you into trouble, and you'll be yeah. totally perfectly fine. I walk the streets of many many cities in Mexico, completely safe. It's all fine, you know. I it's it's very comfortable, and I cannot say that for every city in the United States, right? Mm-hmm. So it's um, you know, Canada is a whole other story, but. I think that if you're fearful, if you're saying that fear of violence or fear Mm -hmm. of, you know, being involved in a gun shooting or something like that is what's stopping you from going to Mexico, then you're likely not going to go. You're likely not going to go anywhere. You're likely not even going to leave your house. You know what I mean? You can't let the fear control or dictate your life. That's with everything. Um, You know, but you do your homework. And that's part of the reason why I was doing these videos is to really kind of dispel the myths. And mm-hmm. that's one of the hugest myths, um, out there. And, but you have to make the leap yourself, right? Ultimately, you're the one who has to go and buy that plane ticket and go, and you'll see for yourself, mm-hmm. um, how the media can really blow things up out of proportion.
4: That's very true. I mean, I think I, I agree that, uh, irrespective of where you live, there's always pockets and areas which are, you know, pretty dangerous. And you got to use your intuition to be at the right place at the right time. I just heard a couple of days back um, in Vancouver itself, there was a family that was doing some hiking and they got attacked by bears. How can you predict that?
3: Right. right? So <laughs>
4: bears are wild animals yeah. and they're dangerous. Um, and I mean,
3: that's har- horrible for that family, but it's true, right? Yeah. It's like, how do you, you can't.
4: You you can, not yeah. You you can carry bear spray or maybe you can uh, be in places that are safer comparatively. My friend lives near the mountain and there are like bears some strolling (laughs) along the streets sometimes, right? So, you know, there are inherent dangers uh, irrespective of which place you live in. But like you pointed out, there are things that you can do in order to be more informed and diligent and uh, really enjoy the place and the culture. Um, I wanted to ask you... um, in your career, now I, uh, you know you mentioned earlier on that you came across the prospects of travel in that job that you had, uh, but w- what was that epiphany for you where you're like, it's an amazing place, the, each dollar goes way further, and uh, the culture is great as well. So w- did you at any point have that epiphany where you're like, that really makes sense, and why aren't more people considering this?
3: You know, when I would go down there, uh, there are several people, mainly the real estate agents who I became pretty close with. And Daniel, who is my partner on Dream Retirement in Mexico, is one of them. And Mm -hmm. off camera, we would just always have these conversations. He's an expat as well. He's from LA. And um, he moved there, you know, in the early 2000s. And you know, it's it's always really interesting uh, the reason why someone decides to leave, right? The reason why someone decides to move to Mexico. And a lot of the times it is economics, right? It's the reason why people come to the United States or Canada, right? It's usually yep. economics and, and a chance to make more money or a chance to have a better life or whatever it may be. And I think that many people do go to Mexico for the economics and to have, have their dollar stretched a little bit further, mm-hmm. not feel the stress of that you feel here, especially, I mean, I live in the New York tri-state area where, you know, the taxes, everything is, is a lot higher. And now with inflation, it's even more stressful. Um, So I think that there, a lot of people are really frustrated feeling that way all the time. And the pandemic kind of compounded all those feelings and it made people realize, okay, maybe I can do this. You know what right. I mean? I'm trapped at home now. I'm having, I you know, I have a lot of time to think about it. Um, I've been thinking about it, and maybe now is the time to make make the move. And I and I've interviewed a couple of people who did move during the pandemic, um, mm. never looked back. And right. the thing is, is I think that what people don't realize is that even if you you know you make the move, if you don't like it, you go back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like nothing is permanent in life. Nothing,
2: yeah.
3: right? You can That's always true. change your mind. Or you've discovered something beautiful and you've discovered something that was, you know, just so magical and now you're in the place where you're supposed to be or, you know, but you're never going to know unless you just take that Mm -hmm. leap, right? It's even this podcast, right? You would never know Mm -hmm. how an amazing experience this would be unless you actually did and create the podcast. It's, you know, we all take risks.
4: Yeah, there's one thing uh, that I always, uh, I don't want to live a life of regret, right? It's like, if you have that idea, that notion, or maybe that intuitive hit that maybe Mexico is for you, I believe that that has come for a particular reason, right? That's, That's like an intuitive hit that has passed down to you. And at least it's worthwhile to explore. And maybe you go to Mexico and find that it's not for you. Maybe it's too slow. Maybe you want better internet speeds, or maybe you want your community, but at least you can say that I've tried it. I've lived there for maybe a month or so. And I found out and confirmed that that lifestyle is not for me. Or maybe you say, wow, that's amazing. I never thought it would be so, so great. So that, that uh, it's not, uh, you know, avoid the regret, right?
3: <laughs> you know, with the people that I've met down there, I think that they've all taken a leap of faith, right? Um This whole living without regret is, it's important. It really is. I think that especially as we get older, I think that it becomes even more prominent. Like you just want to make sure that you do the things. If you've been thinking about something and it doesn't even matter what it is, whether it's moving to Mexico or buying a pair of shoes, like if you really are thinking about it, you know, <laughs> often enough, you know that that's what you're supposed to be doing, right? Right. Um, and, and you owe it to yourself really to, to try mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. I think what I've discovered, to be honest, what I, what I, I love Mexico and I mm-hmm. know that I will spend a lot of time there, if not move there at some point. Um, I'm not quite there yet. I have a daughter in college and, and a lot of obligations up here, but, um, I also realize that I love seasons. Um, I do love the fall and I do love the spring. Uh, and I wonder, I'm like, cause I'm not from, you know, California or a place where it's like. Sunny and warm all the time. That's just not the way. And so it's so when I go to Mexico, I'm like, oh my god, it's always warm here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm like, I wonder if I can, if after a while it will be hard for me, right? So, so it's interesting. But that's why like a Mexico City or San Miguel de Allende, where the weather is a little bit cooler, you know, and that you can actually travel within Mexico, and it's not all hot and beaches, right? There's different. Mm There's different climates depending on where you are. And that's also what makes Mexico so special.
4: Very, very interesting. Have you explored uh, human design at all? No. Human design is this, uh, you know, uh, modality which draws from uh, various things like the I Ching and Kabbalah and the Chakra system and uh, Vedic astrology. And what it does is it gives you like an archetype or an energetic type. So I'm curious as to see what your energetic type would be because based on what your type is, it gives you certain strategies in terms of what you uh, should consider doing and consider not doing. Like it won't tell you what to do, but they're just strategies. And I'm a projector in human design. And for me, it's all about waiting for that invitation. And because I don't have a constant renewable supply of energy, I need to design my life where I'm depending more on systems and processes rather than doing everything myself, you know? So that's partly why I was thinking about Mexico as well. So to sort of take a step back while I work on my systems, my, you know, my routines and all of that, and then really leverage, leverage things, leverage tools and, and, and then opportunities and things like that. So That's
3: fascinating. That's so that's fascinating, it. but that, I would love to do that. That's, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> Because it's true, and I think that people though also depending on the season, depending on what's going on with their lives, right, I guess their human design or whatever would projection would be different, yeah um depending on the circumstances, right uh, yeah. but yeah, i mean i I love all of that stuff, so I do feel like when we really tune into ourselves and our energies and what's happening inside here. Mm-hmm. Um, and learn to let go a little bit you know I think that we can the way life life will guide us in a way where we are where we're supposed to be and we're more accepting of that you know I mean you we know a lot of people who are just really resistant to to everything that's happening in their life everything is conflict everything is like mm-hmm. hard everything is frustration yeah. right and there's a mm-hmm. reason why it's because and you realize that I don't think they realize that they're giving off that kind of energy, right? They're giving Mm. off that kind of resistance and it's, it really does stem from us and how do we take responsibility for our own decisions and our own energies and all that kind of stuff. I've, I've, I've gone off on a tangent I'm going to bring it back to Mexico, but it really is. I just feel like, you know, and I think for many people who do end up going to Mexico, they've they've, they've reached a pivotal moment in their life, Mm -hmm. right. To make this big decision to moving anywhere. It's not even only Mexico. It's, you know, moving your apartment, even one city away or one town away. I just moved, you know, it's traumatic to your body. If you've been living Mm -hmm. a certain way, I lived in New York city for over 30 years, you know, and Mm -hmm. now I've moved to the suburbs, a place where I said I would never move to. And here I am, um, you know, because I needed it at this point in my life. And I realized that, and I didn't know it until I was in it. Right. And the pandemic forced me to be in it.
1: yeah you get it every time
2: and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars limited time only price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer single item at regular price
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
3: so i feel like for mexico it's the same thing for many people
4: yeah i look at the relocation as stress right Re- relocation can be stressful but depending on whether it's happening to you or whether you are voluntarily doing it, it can have different outlooks, just like stress. If you voluntarily put stress on your body by going to the gym or taking a cold shower or maybe sitting in the sauna, that is is stressful, but that's stress, and that eustress benefits you. Whereas if travel is forced on you, like if you're a refugee or if there's a war in your area, you're uprooted and that's very stressful. That's very traumatic as well, because that's not your choice and uh, you're forced to do so many things and it's not comfortable for you. Whereas if you decide that this area is not in alignment, then you, you choose. You're, you voluntarily change your location, and you know a lot of times it, you, you like it. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you, in terms of Mexico, what is your favorite city?
3: Oh. Uh, anyway.
4: <laughs> I know it might be hard for you.
3: Uh, that's very hard. It really depends. Uh, you know, I have real community and friends in Puerto Vallarta, at Playa del Carmen, um I you know I and I'm one never to play favorites. Although I do Playa del Carmen, um uh, Puerto Vallarta. I've not been to San Miguel de Allende, but I know but I I'm probably going in January uh for okay. the first time. I know that I would love it. The 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 people that I've talked to already over there and the photos I've seen, the videos that I've seen. Mexico City for the food, for sure I would love <laughs> okay, yeah. and San Miguel de Allende so, so, so. just because it's a UNESCO heritage site. And I just love history, you know, cities that are steeped in history. And it really, mm. um, and you know, Puerto Vallarta has a lot of charm and the community there. There's a lot of holistic medicine in Playa and Puerto Vallarta, which is why I love, uh, both of those places. And of course it's near the beach, um, so, yeah, I mean, ultimately, where would I ever end up? I don't know. I mean, I'm not a big, I probably wouldn't go to a big, big city like a Mexico City or a Cancun. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. I And I would definitely want to feel like I'm in Mexico. Okay. Um, you know, because there are parts of Mexico that, you know, you feel like you're in Southern California or something like that. So, right. and and for some people, they want that. Right, mm-hmm. and and they like that. So, uh, but yeah, it's 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 this uh, weird kind of when you can go down the street and go to your Costco and Walmart's, you know, your Pizza Hut or whatever. <laughs> Sometimes it's a little bit too. Much. Sometimes you're like, okay, I, I I don't need to feel like I'm in the United States completely, you know. Yeah. And those, and then I miss the days of like in the '90s when we used to travel. And not right. have the internet, and not have all these distractions, and feel like you really do feel like you're in a foreign country. It's very hard these days to feel that way when you know mm-hmm. there's a Starbucks on every other corner, no matter what country you're in. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but I, yeah, there's the community there. I've yet to meet um, either local Mexicans or foreigners who aren't of the same spirit, you know, I'm sure they exist. You know, there's going to be people that, you know, don't think the way that you do, but there's always a breed of person, right. Who mm-hmm. packs their bags and moves abroad. Um, That's true. And there's always a, so you do feel this kind of kindred spirit and you feel you're already, you're already uh, connected at a certain level um, yeah. because you're all foreigners or whatever it may be. Uh, But, you know, working on House Hunters International for all those years is definitely a great introduction um, Mm -hmm. to these towns, for sure. And, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, and there's just economically, spiritually, there's just a lot of reasons why um, Mexico is a really special place.
0: Amazing,
4: amazing. And yeah, that makes sense when you're uh, traveling. You're sort of going beyond your comfort zone and venturing into places and areas where you're meeting strangers, and so I guess uh, that creates an environment where people are um, maybe more friendly and more uh, considerate of uh, people from different cultures, mainly because you know it's not your home country, right? You're technically a guest in that uh, different country, and so there's an opportunity for sharing and exchange and. And maybe some great conversations as well one thing i heard uh pretty interesting that happens in mexico or maybe certain pockets of mexico is where somebody from maybe canada or usa is there and they want to practice their spanish skills so they speak in spanish and then the person from mexico is speaking english because they want to exercise or practice their english skills does that happen a lot
3: uh well my spanish is terrible even though i have a daughter from okay. Colombia. <laughs> Um, but I do try and they do. Yeah, it's, it happens a lot, but it happens very organically and very naturally. Like I see that happening in a lot of foreign countries, right? Mm -hmm. The person in the country, it happens in Japan a lot. Right. So I want to practice my Japanese more and then the Japanese person will want to speak English to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really nice actually. Uh, to be honest, so it's, it's, um, because, there's so many Americans and Canadians in Mexico, especially in the in these towns that I'm talking about, and that I do a lot of interviewing in a lot of people do speak English they speak at least tourist English right right um so they know the basics, so it's for better or for worse, it's you don't need to speak fluent spanish right. um okay. Okay. there's also Google Translate and that sort of thing, which you know in a bind you can always use. Uh right. but I have to say, local Mexicans are very welcoming and they're always very warm um mm-hmm. and generous and um I don't feel that same kind of go back to your country kind of attitude that sometimes you see in the United States or possibly mm-hmm. in Canada you know right. um i that exists I'm sure um but I don't see it not mm-hmm. um. For the most part, when I, when I meet local Mexicans, they're all just... And to be honest, I mean, there's Mexico is attracted a lot more than just Americans and Canadians these days. You know, there's a growing number of Europeans, other South Americans, um, Venezuelans, a lot other people from Central America. Um, so it's really become a destination for a lot of foreigners.
4: Right. Yeah. What would you say would be your top five list in terms of cities to at least consider or know more about when it comes to relocating to Mexico. I know you mentioned PV, Puerto Vallarta, you mentioned uh, Playa del Carmen, any others?
3: If if you really want beach, if you really want, um, you know, make sure that you have access to the amenities like the Costco and the WalMarts and that sort of thing. Then it's Playa, it's Puerto Vallarta, it's Cancun, Cabo mm-hmm. are the big four, I would say. Um, if you're more into kind of Mexican culture, you don't care about the beach, you want cooler weather, then it's the Mexico City, it's um, you know San Miguel de Allende, even a town like uh, Queretaro. Um, There's also a very popular place for retirees is Lake Chapala and Ajijic, um, which is a few hours drive from Puerto Vallarta. It's more on the West Coast. Uh, Guadalajara has uh, all really good hospitals. So if you need something major done medically, a lot of people from Puerto Vallarta will go to Guadalajara. Um, Further south, you have Oaxaca and um, Huatulco, to, I I was there Gosh long time ago, uh they had beautiful beaches, so I think if you if you start to go further south, um, depending on where you're going, to be honest, uh, you'll definitely have more of a local feel I think than what we see in photos, mm-hmm. um you know Tulum has become very popular although I think that a place like Tulum has kind of grown too big for its size uh, too quickly. So the infrastructure is not quite there, but they're Mm -hmm. building like crazy. Um, It has very much of more of a boho chic uh, (laughs) feel, as they say. So, yeah, there's just so many, so many different places. Um, You know, I interviewed a woman from Cuernavaca, which is about an hour and a half south of Mexico City. And that okay. was kind of known as like the Hamptons Hamptons of Mexico City. Oh. Like a lot of people, you know, would go out there for the weekends. Wealthy people would go out there. So there's a lot of big houses in Cuernavaca. Oh. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely a lot to explore. Uh, Cancun, for me, you know, Cancun is a very popular spot. Cabo is a very popular spot, but it's also like PV um, and Playa, they're also big tourist destinations, right? So it's a little bit Uh of a give and take. If you go to live there versus you're there as a tourist Mm -hmm. Um, and where you live will dictate, you know, what kind of lifestyle that you want. And in all these places in Mexico, you know, you can live a very expensive lifestyle if you want, but you also don't have to, which is really nice as well. Um, I think that the misconception is that real estate, real estate in the bigger towns and the more popular destinations like a uh, Puerto Vallarta or Playa uh, has risen quite a bit over the last decade in terms of purchasing property. Yeah. Um, but where you have the savings is the day-to-day cost of living, right? right? Your internet costs, your cell phone's like $25, you know, your internet's like 30 bucks. It's like everything is just reduced. So, you know, your groceries, you can't, if you need to have, you know, American peanut butter and, you know, all your American foods that they don't really have there, then it is going to cost you more because they're importing those into Mexico. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you're fine with real food and, you know, you'll never get fresher tomatoes and fresher avocados, you know, (laughs) um, and you'll be paying 50% of the price that you pay in the United States or Canada. So, um, yeah, it's it's there's give and take depending on depending on where you want to be, you know. Um mm-hmm. but each has it's really important I think to go and go for, you know, a week or two to really feel the vibe of a place. Yeah. And it also depends on what time of year you're going, right? Um because a Puerto Vallarta or a Playa in the winter is like amazing you know it's dry it's 80 degrees high 70s perfect weather yeah it goes down to the 60s at night you can have a light little coat on but it's brutal in the summer you know there's no doubt about it it's it it humidity i don't mind humidity Mm -hmm. but for for people who don't like humidity it's it's tough um Mm -hmm. so it really depends on you know what time of year you go
4: That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, <clears throat> what would you say was the biggest misconception that you came across about Mexico? Something that you're like, oh, that make, that, 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 you know, I had this impression, but now that's not true. What would you say would be your top one or two misconceptions that people tend to have when it comes to Mexico?
3: Um, well, the safety issue is definitely one that everybody is concerned about, that they feel mm-hmm. like if they come. And to be honest, I mean, yeah, the, you know, it gets bad press sometimes. And I think that that gets blown out of proportion sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of misconceptions, I guess also cost, right? So so that's why I started doing these cost of living webinars, uh, um, which I'm in the process of doing right now. And we're covering six different cities, um, like the next one is going to be on Sunday the 9th, which is Playa del Carmen. And then we're going to focus on Mazatlan the following week, but we've been covering um, all these different cities and we're focusing strictly on cost of living because Mm -hmm. there is a discrepancy depending on what city that you're in and what your needs are. Right. And Mm -hmm. what it's really like my whole point of those webinars was to have people who actually live in those cities talk very candidly about what it's really like to live in those cities. and to realize it's not so scary and that it's totally doable and that people Mm -hmm. are living on social security in some of these towns, you know, they're living on, they're able to have pay $500 for rent. Um, Mm -hmm. It's unless you start to talk to people, you know, face to face or really hear from them directly, it's really hard to believe what is true, what's not true. Because the reality is, is that everything on the internet, as we know, is not always true.
4: That's true.
3: Um, and it's sometimes that's hard true. to decipher. <laughs> so for me, I feel like it's really important when I put out information there that it's that it's done in a palpable way, but also in a very truthful way, in a very candid way. And, um, yeah. and that's why we actually started the Dream Retirement of Mexico program, so mm-hmm. that people would get a, a real understanding of what they need to know before moving down there, because it can be complicated if you don't do your homework that's the other thing right you you can't just go there and live there you know what i mean you need yeah. visas you need a bank account yeah. you need to figure out you know you know if you're a us citizen you have to pay taxes in the us just because you you know move across the border does not mean that you're exempt from that and so there's a lot of little things that people don't realize um mm-hmm. that they really need to kind of be aware of before they make a decision like that
4: That's very true. I mean, um, partly when when somebody decides to maybe look into a place like Mexico, like you pointed out, when you look at it online, maybe you look, browse some websites. Yeah, you're getting information, but that is, it's not true for you yet, right? But then when you maybe speak to somebody who is actually living there, maybe you speak to a real estate agent or you speak to somebody who works at a bank. Now, all of a sudden, even from a manifestation standpoint, it's like you're getting closer to your reality, right? It's You're taking actionable steps towards that. It's not like you've stepped onto the beach yet, which you probably will in the future, but you're actually having conversations and you're getting to know what's it like at the ground level in Mexico from somebody who's living there. So that definitely makes sense. Um, and yes, there are so many things to consider, right? Uh, I just heard recently that Shakira is... Uh, didn't pay taxes for a couple of years and oh she's, yeah in spain in spain yeah these, no these bueno. things can get <laughs> yeah. right, uh, complex pretty soon so you got to think about your tax consideration and your status in that particular country whether you're a tourist or you know temporary or you're, you're considering becoming a citizen and all these documentation that you need to put together in order to go from one stage to the other it can get complex sometimes but I guess if you, if you, if you are due, uh, you know, due due diligence and keep things in mind, then it can be stress-free also.
3: <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. I think that people really need to do their homework and they need to do the, the right homework. Right. And it's not mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be overwhelming. I think that that's, you know, like you, you, you know, you're just searching around on YouTube. You know, Mm -hmm. you check out one video, then you check out another video and you kind of go down the rabbit hole. But each time you kind of learn about people's experiences of what they did when they went down there, right? Mm -hmm. And how does that make you feel when you're doing this research, right? Is it, if it's causing more stress, if it's Mm -hmm. not, doesn't feel good for you to be doing this kind of research, then maybe you're not supposed to be doing it. But if Mm -hmm. you're getting really excited about the possibilities, right? If it's Mm -hmm. really your imagination starts to fire off and, you know, you can reimagine what your life might be like and how you may not have to have the same stresses that you have currently. Um, that, you know, that intuitive gut feeling is telling you something, right. Um, and I think that we need to be more connected. I just, you know, I came at this from a health point of view, right. Doing these Mexico videos to begin with, because I saw people, And Mm -hmm. I was meeting people who had a much higher quality of life living down there. And I just wanted to let people know that they have options, right? Your current state doesn't necessarily dictate what it needs to be forever. Um, And how do we get introduced to more options, right? And Mm -hmm. how can we change our lifestyle so that we reduce the stress? I mean, you know more than anybody, right? Stress causes inflammation. Inflammation causes illness. And Mm -hmm. that affects our longevity. It affects our quality of life. It affects everything. So how do we reduce that stress level? And Mm -hmm. where you live is a big part of that.
4: So how can a person living in Canada or USA move to Mexico? Could you provide us a high-level overview of some of the options that they have?
3: Yeah, I think the first, uh, first thing that you'd want to do is probably go. You know, Mm -hmm. um, pick a city that you find interesting and just go on vacation there, you know, or a short trip. Um, if you decide on what city that you want to go to, um, I think it's important to know actually that the Baja, which is the little piece of land that extends out of California and mainland Mexico, the laws are a little bit different, right. In terms of like being able to bring a car across the border or not being able to bring a car across the border or, you know, so there's small nuances in the law that Mm -hmm. one should know. It's much easier on the Baja for Americans and Canadians to just drive down um, versus Mm -hmm. mainland Mexico. Um, You definitely, um, I did an interview with a visa expert, you know, if you want to get your temporary visa, or your permanent visa. You know, there are certain things that you can do. You can you can go straight to getting a permanent visa if you have um I think it's well, this is the the thing that I did learn actually. It depends on the consulate that you go it depends to on the
4: consulate. Right. Which
3: is insane to me. You'd think that, you know, it's kind of straight across the board. Yeah. But the consulate, the Mexican consulate in Milwaukee versus the Mexican consulate in Boston and New York, whatever will tell you different things. Mm. They'll tell you that your minimum income needs to be different or it's going to be a different number. So yeah. um, You have to kind of do your homework and know. So I have a friend who just got her temporary visa visa. Um, Mm. It was pretty smooth sailing. It was out of Chicago. Uh, And then there are other people who just have a really difficult time getting it. Um, So so just kind of be prepared. I think that the one piece of advice that everybody has said is that you really need the patience mm-hmm. um, if you're going the visa route, right? If you're really trying to get your temporary or, or your permanent visa right off the bat, uh, yeah. Because otherwise, you're you're as a tourist visa, you know, a lot of people in years past would co- go on a tourist visa and they would leave the country every six months. Mexico has definitely cracked down on that, so it's not that mm-hmm. way. Um, anymore, so when you arrive at immigration, uh, <clears throat> you used to get an automatic six months. It's not automatic anymore; you need okay. to request it. And depending on the mood of the immigration officer, they okay. may or may not give it to you. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, and you know they're going to be like, why you know why aren't you leaving within you know whatever? Why are you staying here for so long? Because they don't want you to overstay your visa. Got it. Um, but but yeah, so I mean the visa issue is is a big one that you want to make sure that you're there legally, especially if you want to be there long term, right? You don't want mm-hmm. to get into kind of trouble from the very beginning. Um, True. but there's, you know, we created the we created the Dream Retirement in Mexico program to kind of like sift through so people would know, right? what they need Mm -hmm. to know in order to purchase property or, you know, are you planning to rent property for a while? Um, Mm -hmm. definitely recommend people renting for a while before they purchase. That's like in any city. Um, Mm -hmm. you definitely want to, even within each city, you know, there's different neighborhoods, right? And so you want to know which neighborhood is going to suit you best because Mm -hmm. they all have a different vibe, even in PV or wherever. Um, Mm -hmm. so, and you know, you, cause you want to find your people. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's really important is to find your community of people that, you know, embrace your values and, you know, want to live the same kind of lifestyle and those people do exist. You just kind of have to find them.
4: That's true. I went to, I've gone through an interesting journey as I, you know, learn more and more about Mexico, about the culture, people, communities, and things like that. Initially, what caught my attention was, you know, the cities on, uh, on the Baja Peninsula, like Cabo San Lucas, a place like that, which I found very beautiful because you know you got pristine blue waters and white, sandy beaches. But then I realized that yeah, some of these cities are pretty isolated you know, from the rest of uh, Mexico. And uh, maybe it gets too hot <laughs> during the summers also, because it's kind of like a semi-arid desert also, right? If you look at it from a regional standpoint. And then I thought about Mazatlan. Maybe I think I watched one of your videos. Uh, and it looked amazing. But then also, I was also considering PV because it's, you know, more maybe popular and maybe I have more of an access to uh, opportunities like meetups or workshops with other digital expats, which I might not have in Mazatlan. So, but both seem really, really interesting though.
3: (laughs) No, but I think that's funny because, right, your list of priorities is going to be different from everybody else's. Yeah. So you're still working. You work Mm -hmm. as a digital nomad. So Mm -hmm. internet speed is going to be really important to you. Right. And access to different people is going to be really important to you. So, yeah. And if that's the case, then of course you need to have a city or town that's going to have solid infrastructure, right? There's Mm -hmm. many towns in Mexico still that have, you know, weekly brownouts, you know, where the, where the electricity will go down and that's just common. That's just, that's, that's just the way of life. So just
4: part of it. Yeah.
3: Right. And that's fine if you don't depend on it all the time. Um, but you know, you want to take those things into consideration, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, but that's, but that's part of the fun of researching these places, right. And going to these places. And, um, I think, I think that the most important thing that people need to keep in mind though, is that Mexico is Mexico. You know, Mexico is not Canada. Mexico is mm-hmm. not the United States. Right. Yeah. And so one should not go down there thinking that they should get everything that they get and everything should be the same, except that <laughs> you're paying less for tomatoes and avocados. You know what I mean? Right, <laughs> you are cool. in a different country, different laws, yeah. um, different communities. And so if you go, understanding that and accepting that and embracing that, then you will have a positive experience. If you're going with the expectations that this is like the United States and my house should be the same and I need to have the same size refrigerator and dishwasher and oven and blah, blah, then you're ultimately going to get disappointed because it's just not, it's not the same country. That's not why you're there. And then stay That's in the great. United States, right? Stay in Canada. It's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, maybe go to Florida. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like if you, if that's yeah. what's most important to you, then you shouldn't go to a foreign country. Mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, I think it's really important to embrace the host country. Um, yeah. And not feel like you dictate the rules and it should, con- you know, it should conform to yeah. what your values are.
4: Yeah, that's, that's very true. I, I'm part of some Facebook groups, and I see, hear people complaining all the time about how things should be done, but they don't realize that here in Mexico, you're not in your own country, right? You can't dictate the turns. You can just enjoy the experience and be and partake in it. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention was something I, I realized. Initially, I, 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 Puerto Vallarta was not uh, among one of my options because I heard it, it rains a lot there, but then I realized that it's not a rains like, like in Vancouver because in Vancouver, it rains a lot. You know, it won't rain heavily, but it'll rain, it'll rain continuously, persistently, you know, like a light drizzle. But I heard that in PV, it's different. It rains heavily in the evening, maybe maybe towards the night, and then it stops. And then everything else is fresh. And, um, you know, so that yeah, was pretty Yeah, that's like most of today. Mexico.
3: Most of the most coast. Mexico. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So even in the Yucatan, it's like that. Um, actually, I forgot to mention Merida. Merida is like beautiful city. Beautiful city. And apparently um, the infrastructure is very good there too. So, and it's because um, apparently, I want to say there was, was, there's a lot of money there. And that's why they put the money into the infrastructure. And so you see it. I mean, you see it when you're, you're walking down in central or wherever. Um, But people complain about the heat in Merida. Uh, that it can get very, very hot over the summer. Um, But the rain, it is amazing, the rain. It will downpour (laughs) like you've never seen. And then it's over in an hour, you know. Um, And even in the daytime during the rainy season. So even when we would film there, you know, you look at your app and it says it's going to rain every single day that you're going to be in Mexico. And it's like, in the beginning, it was just really disappointing. But once you're yeah. there, you realize, yes, it does rain, but it's only going to rain for like 30 minutes or an hour or whatever. So we stop down, we have a snack, and then we go and <laughs> we film again. You know what I mean? That's not
4: so bad. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, it warm it's warm rain, it's, right?
4: It's not cold rain. It's not like cold rain,
3: like maybe what you Oh, it like is Canada. not cold rain at all. It's right? very like refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. And it does rain a lot at night during the rainy season as well. So it's never a big deal. Um right. If anything, it's the humidity definitely gets to people during the summer. Um mm-hmm. But I, I don't mind humidity at all. You know, mm-hmm. it's, good, it's good for aging skin, you know?
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep it fresh, yeah. keep it fresh. What about education? Uh, how, how is the education for children in Mexico, especially for parents who are considering, right, uh, moving there along with the whole family? Education can sometimes be dicey and it can determine where you, where you stay because you want, obviously, your children to have a good education growing up. So what are your thoughts on that?
3: Um, All the major cities that have large expat communities will have private schools, will have solid private schools. I do know um, a friend whose son went to the American school in Puerto Vallarta. Um, Cost-wise, I believe it's, well, I'm also in New York, so, you know, private school is very expensive here. Right. Private school will be upwards, I think like forty, fifty thousand 50,000 in New York where wow. in, I know it's insane, uh, um, yeah. where in Mexico, I want to say that it's under 20,000, um, okay. depending on the school and, uh, but yeah, but oftentimes they'll get a bilingual education. It depends on the school. It also depends on the city for sure. But, mm-hmm. um, but what a gift, what an amazing gift to give to your children. To be able to live in Mexico for a while, to learn Spanish, to be able to be yeah. fluent, you know, make Mexican friends. Like you mm. can't ever, there's no substitute for that, you know. That's true. Um, That's true. So it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Um, I think for any kid to, to move abroad and be able to experience, a, you know, another culture. Yeah. I've, right. I've met kids who, you know, I met this one family doing house hunters. They Mm -hmm. moved from Texas to Vietnam to China and um, their kids knew Chinese and Vietnamese, Mm. you know, it's, even if they go to international school, because ultimately they're, you know, wealthier host kids, you know, kids from that country that go there too. And so that they learn, learn, you know, whether it's Vietnamese, Chinese or whatever. Um, So, yeah, yeah. So in that respect, it's really, really an amazing gift to give to your children. That's true. That's true.
4: I mean, <clears throat> that's quite true. If you're traveling a lot, yes, maybe you don't get enough time to make long-term friends. Uh, but the advantage is, like you pointed out, you learn a new language. You're, um, uh, you know, going to places where, you know, they are potentially strangers. So you, you you build your social communication skills as well. And I'm guessing you have more. Um, fun times with your family also right because travel is something that you know brings the family together a lot of times you know you're you're packing and you're going on these adventures and there's some uncertainty and then you come together so i i definitely see why uh, a lifestyle like this could be uh, a gift for, for for the children growing up
3: oh 100 there's no i mean there's no real downside to be honest i feel like you know yeah. to, to be able to take your family abroad and live in a, in a foreign country for a while, if not Mm -hmm. permanently, um, you know, it's, there's, you can't ever replace it with anything else, you know, and Mm -hmm. being able to have a bigger worldview, having better empathy for others, um, you know, not having to, have to have some discomfort right and have to figure out what you're doing and where you are and that sort of thing is good it's it's, it's good yeah it's good for our souls it's good for our you know just for our development um, yeah. as humans and you know um, having compassion for other people who are not like yourself it's uh, I think it's all really important you know it doesn't I mean for children yes but also for adults. You know? For those also, yeah. I think we we need we could use a little bit more compassion and empathy in the world right now. Right now.
4: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and to your point, I think uh, part of uh, this invitation is to look at your life and see all of the rules that you've been living and really reinvestigate really those rules and see whether those rules make sense for you or not, right? Because a lot of the rules are decided by society. You know, you get to a certain age, you got to buy something, or maybe you got to buy a house and maybe buy a car. And, and and some of the rules might make sense, but unless you really investigate and, and make sure that these rules work for you, um, you know, you're not living a very intentional life, right? And maybe part of it is like, uh, you know, travel is great, but you're supposed to stop travel when you become like, you know, in your mid thirties or whatever, right? And some people might like might be like, hey, I didn't get an opportunity in my early twenties or thirties, but now I want to travel. And now I'm gonna set my own rules.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I think and I think that that's so important. And you know, to be the architect of your own life. You know, I never really followed any straight traditional path. I mean, I Mm -hmm. did in the beginning. I you know, I worked my first job out of college was at a bank and that's what I thought I was supposed to do and I'm like clearly I'm not supposed to be here I didn't feel right about it it was just but I knew I wasn't going to stay there forever right Yeah. Um, and that I was just more of a creative more of a independent like I would know I just knew that I was supposed to do my own thing right Oh. Um, and I'm just fortunate enough to listen to my gut and had had you know parents who were entrepreneurs so I kind of had that already as as a path for me to follow um and that it was okay to be different you know i think a lot of people are scared to kind of veer off whatever society expects of them um and you know i i think that whether it's you know you're moving to mexico or whether you're moving to a different city within your own country you know it it all inherently comes with risks but it also inherently comes with amazing rewards as well uh, and I think if we focus and we're intentional about the move or we're intentional about what we want for ourselves in the future, then ultimately it will come to bear fruit, right? It just, um, it's, it's, I just, I just wish that more people would just say yes to those sorts of things, you know? Um. Because your life will just be richer because of it, I think. Even if it's not yeah. so great, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all taken trips that are not so great. But those, they're big learning moments for us as well, right? Mm-hmm. And if anything, they're a great story to tell at, at the dinner table yeah, yeah, <laughs> with, yeah. with friends or whatever. You're like, remember when, blah, you know? Um.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as, uh, sometimes I, I think about it, you know, people will say, right, as they, you know grow older, it's better to fail at something that you love doing than to succeed in something that is not in alignment with what your values are or maybe what you're, what you're supposed to be doing, right? Uh, like they say, what if you spent your whole life climbing that ladder and you find out that you're on the dif- on, on, on the wrong building when you're supposed to be over there? Um, <laughs> I
3: think that happens quite often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To a lot of people.
4: Yeah, exactly. Uh
3: okay. and it's really my one of my goals is to you know, through modern aging is to really if help steer people, right, to mm. understand that health doesn't have to look a certain way, right? Getting to a place where you feel good and you're at optimal health and well-being that it can look like different things and you're going to have your own recipe for that whatever that may be but it's it's not simply about you know what you eat and how much you exercise yes those things are really important but it's really about your lifestyle and how do you create that that path for yourself where you know it just feels good and it's your path right Everybody's bio-individual, right? Nobody has the same path. Nobody yeah. can feel like whether, whether it's, you know, going to Mexico or I want to move to Portugal or, you know, I want to get this big promotion or whatever it may be in your life. You just have to really be uh, to sit quietly and listen to yourself and give yourself that time and that opportunity mm-hmm. to hear what it is that you really want in your life. Um, because as we know, the time goes really quickly,
0: (laughs) you know what I mean? And you don't want to waste time,
3: um, just being in a dead end job. You don't want to waste time doing things that you don't want to be doing. Um, you want to be able to move on from that stuff pretty quickly if you can.
4: Yeah. I wanted to ask, uh, what's the cost of living like, um, in Mexico? If you can provide us an overview, I know. It's really, um, you know, it differs from person to person and the type of lifestyle that they want to live. Uh, But is is there some kind of indicator that you can provide us in
3: terms of cost Um, of living? You know, it's really hard. So, well, I, I don't include real estate because real estate is very different. You you can live in a shoebox for $500 a month. It also depends on the city, right? You could also live in a place that's $5,000 a month, depending on where you are. You could buy property cash, which is how 90% or more people purchase property in Mexico. Um, And then you don't have a housing payment, but then you may have HOA costs. HOA costs are hard to decipher because it depends on whether or not it's a brand new building. It's an old building. Does it have doormen? Does it have an elevator? Does it have pools? Does it have gardeners? Does oh, okay. it have, you know, so all these things determine what your HOA costs can be. Will they, do they, I've seen them range from like a hundred to $400 a month, depending on, you know, the type of property it is. Um, and, but I'm sure you could have HOA fees that are six, seven, eight hundred $800 a month. Um,
2: what is HOA
3: what's, again? What's okay. HOA? Is uh, homeowners association fees. So oh, that's okay. generally if you live in a condo building, yep. you'll have HOA fees. Okay. Um, if, but for regular utilities, um, you know electricity. I know some people who pay thirty dollars a month, but there's also people who have gotten seven hundred dollar bills. Seven hundred, and those people are are running their ACs on high twenty four seven. Right. Right. Um, If you're if you're conscious about it, you could have really reasonable electricity bills Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of food. I went shopping at a local market and got all my fresh produce for about 50 percent of what I would pay in the, you know, in New York. Um, And I think that but you know, if like I mentioned before, if you're gonna buy imported peanut butter and you have to have all these American products or Canadian products or whatever products from your country, you will pay more. Um so can I know I know people who live per month, you know, for less than two thousand um comfortably, but that's not including their rent. Right. So um and it's two of them. So it's kind of split. Basically. Oh, it's true. okay. Got uh but can you live there for less yeah of course but they you know they live right by the water which is very unusual actually that's i would say they live in puerto vallarta and they have ocean views which i would say is pretty much impossible in PV. Mm. you can go a little further south you can go a little further north and right. maybe get that but not in puerto Vallarta uh proper uh, the prices are way too high now um so, yeah. So, I mean, people ask all the time, you know, can I live there on my social security? Yes. But what's your lifestyle like? Right? Do you mm. have to go out to dinner every single week? Do you have to, you know, go on excursions? Do you have to have a car? You know, how much do you drive? Um. So, yeah. So, there's, it's hard to just say, oh, yeah, you can, you know, it's only going to cost this much. Um, but can you, you can... It is possible to live there very inexpensively if you do not, if you live a simple lifestyle.
4: I'm not sure if you'd be able to uh, answer this question, but when it comes to, get, you know, finding a rental property in uh, in PV or maybe in some other city, wh- how does a person go about it? Like, do they walk around the neighborhood and find signs that are posted or do they look at a platform like Craigslist? Or maybe some other platform. Like I've heard, Trovit is also one platform. Uh, you know, uh,
3: I would definitely um, I would go to a realtor's office. Okay. uh, You know, and I and I'm sure the Facebook groups are generally, depending on the Facebook group of the city, pretty yeah. helpful with yeah. other expats. Um, and this is actually something that we also help with depending on the city with through the dream retirement in Mexico, which by yep. the way, we're hosting free webinars on November 5th and 9th um, yep. where we talk about, where well, we're going to be talking about specifically how to buy property in Mexico and, and healthcare options for foreigners. Mm-hmm. Um, because those are two, two, two big topics that people generally want to know about. Um, so I think that, you just want to and we make referrals, right? So if somebody's looking for rentals in a certain town, you know, we have not every city in Mexico, but in certain cities, um, you know, we've partnered up with certain people, people that we know we can trust and that sort of thing, because they're slimy people everywhere. And, yeah. you know, so these people have been vetted. Um And yeah, but there's definitely options. There's definitely plenty of options. And I think through the Facebook groups, I think that's probably a good place to start and ask people what they did to get their rental. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah. And then purchasing is a whole other animal. I mean, I would would definitely make sure that you are dealing with a realtor Mm. who you trust because you have to remember that all the documents are going to be in Spanish, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're going to be translating everything for you There's, you know, different, there's a notary that's involved or, you know, real estate attorney and all that. So you want to make sure that it's somebody that is really going to do well, you know, do good by you.
4: Mm -hmm. And I've also heard that depending on the time of year that you go and the time of year that you get into a, a rental agreement, it can either be very high or it could be a good price, right? Because I think you've, especially for PV, you've got a season period, right? And that's when the rents are pretty elevated and if you get into an agreement there then you're paying more would that be would that be correct
3: that would be absolutely 100% correct (laughs) 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 they call it high season right so high season season is November till March ish okay right and then you start to then you're starting to head into you know the heat of the summer and rainy season Um, depending on where you are like Cabo they have hurricane season in the fall like we're in the middle of it now um, are there deals to be had no matter what? Yes, of course. Should okay. you, you know, um, there's also VRBO, you know, a lot of like Airbnb and VRBO, to be honest, actually, if you were look, if you see it, an apartment that you want to rent long term, you should definitely contact the owner because
1: oh, a lot okay. of times
3: they're, they're willing to do that. Right. It's easier for them. Yes. Do they yeah. make, if they're booking their place all the time, they're going to make more money doing it with different people. But there is something to be said to get a nice check every single month if you want to rent it for six months or a year or whatever. Uh, Um, So I do know that um, owners on these sites definitely negotiate and are open to that depending on the place.
4: And maybe they're in a place in their life where they want more certainty and maybe they've been thinking about it. Should we really do this Airbnb and VRBO that long? And then you come along and say, hey, you know, and they trust you. They like you as maybe a potential tenant. And things just work out. So I guess there's a lot of scope for negotiation as well and really asking questions and building relationships that way.
3: Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, you know, depending on where it is, your timing, um, you know, and then if you get, if you start to make friends in in the city, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what happened to a friend of mine who moved to Puerto Vallarta. I have my friend in Puerto Vallarta. She was asking me, you know, I need an apartment. So I asked my friend and he's like, oh, actually my neighbor just moved out. Okay. Right. And so now they have a place for $600 a month. It's amazing. Right. Ah, Um, That's nice. So it's all about kind of putting, putting it out there. Putting it out there, yeah. Uh so every there's deals to be had everywhere. You just have to kind of look and um and be intentional.
4: Got it. Now speaking about healthcare, because I know that's a big topic, right? Like you mentioned before, um, how good is healthcare in Mexico, especially maybe for retirees who might need that additional support from time to time? And if you can touch on insurance a bit. Like if I'm coming from Canada, will my Canadian insurance work there? Do I need to get separate insurance? Do I need insurance in the first place? If uh, if I'm, you know, comparatively young. Uh
3: it raises <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now um healthcare is a big topic, right? Because okay, and it's yeah. important. I mm-hmm. feel like it's important to have healthcare no matter what. There's nothing mm-hmm. like getting sick in a foreign country. You know, you want to yeah. make sure if you do get sick that you're going to be taken care of and it's not going to mm-hmm. Healthcare in general costs substantially less than it would in the United States, um, okay. and the care is extraordinary from what I've heard. Uh, the doctors spend a lot more time with you. Doctors do health house, house calls in Mexico, which is amazing. Um, so, the way that insurance works there, though, is. It's generally, if you have pre-existing condition, it will affect the your premium cost. It, your yeah. age also ex- affects your premium cost. So yeah. a lot of people do expat insurance. Um, so your Medicare does not work in Mexico. Um, right. You need a special policy that would work in Mexico. Uh, I do know that people spend anywhere, you know, some people have catastrophic uh, insurance just for if they get hit by bus. Because going to the doctor for a cold, you know, costs 30 bucks or costs 40 bucks. So it's just, you know, just pay that out of pocket. There's yep. pharmacies on every other corner. If you need to have your pharmaceutical medicine, um, a lot of cities, a lot of like Paya's and the Tulum's and the Puerto Vallarta's and the San Miguel de Andes, they have a lot of holistic naturopaths. So right. you have that choice as well. Um, and So, yeah, so you definitely have choices, and I know that a lot of people, so a retired couple that I did talk to, he had uh, hip replacement, and his partner had like knee replacement surgery, and they opted to go to the United States, sorry, they opted to stay in Mexico and get it done in Mexico, and they said it was amazing, very Mm -hmm. smooth, doctor, super professional, it was, you know, the doctor, actually the hospital, Because the one guy who was getting the hip replacement, he didn't, he couldn't drive because he was getting a hip replacement. So they sent a car to pick him up, drive him to the hospital, and then also drive him back, which was amazing. So um, he's like, the level of care is you can't even compare, Uh, especially Mm. in the United States. The United States is just really the insurance industry has completely wrecked any sort of healthcare and. Um, That's true. everything is about the dollar and, you know, how fast, you, how many patients you can see in a day. And it's, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I, there's definitely different insurance programs that are out there. Um, uh, but as you get older, it gets much more difficult, if, especially if you're over 65, it's, it gets very, it can get very expensive, um, mm-hmm. to get health insurance, but someone like your age, my age, it's fine. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, that makes sense. And also, uh, I think a lot of our listeners can relate to uh, how healthcare is right now, maybe in the USA or even Canada. I mean, Canada does have, they say, a better healthcare system. But even then, if you go to the doctor, and I try to avoid going to the doctor for the most part, if, we are, if I've got a cold, or if my immune system is down, I just try to solve it myself at home due, using natural remedies so that my immune system can pick up. Uh, but if I do have to go, I notice how the doctors are just, you know, moving from one room to the other and spending like, like two, three minutes, uh, you know, quickly diagnosing. And for me, I find that the most important thing a doctor can do is to express empathy for your situation, right? And ask these questions sometimes, how you're feeling. You know, asking these right questions and really holding space for the patient can sometimes be half of the half of the job, right? Um, from an energetic standpoint at least and um, I know a lot of patients complain that the doctor didn't even listen to them or the things that they were trying to you know go through because we all have that intuitive uh, nudge deep down that we know something is wrong something is amiss but if the doctor does not listen to it or maybe rubs it off as if everything is perfectly fine then uh, we feel uh, ignored or we feel silenced and that can Sometimes you know, um, make it even worse uh, this the illness or whatever you're going through.
3: Yeah, I so think I'm it's really that important that to be your own advocate and really understand your own body to mm-hmm. you know um, there's some amazing doctors, but there's also some not amazing doctors out there, so you have to be careful. Uh, and sure. that goes for Mexico as well, but I what I've heard, I've heard some really amazing things about the the healthcare system, so that is something that one should not worry about um, or deter them from going to Mexico. Um, mm-hmm. If you're going to go to a remote little village, um, you will you won't get the same kind of access to the kinds of medicine that maybe that you would get here, but um, but you'll get different kind of care, you know, right. um, and that's fine too.
4: Now uh, I want to spend some time to talk about you know PV and Mazatlan specifically. Firstly, for somebody who's listening and has never heard these words before, uh, where on the map are these cities, Puerto Vallarta and Mazatlan?
3: So uh, Puerto Vallarta is on the west. Well, they're both on the west coast of okay. of Mexico. Um, if I had a Google map, I could show you. It's about. Mazatlan is a few hours north of, of Puerto Vallarta, PV as it's or Vallarta as it's lovingly called. I would say it's about it feels like halfway down <laughs> on the left okay. side, on the west side. Uh-huh. Um, so, but because of that, you get brilliant sunsets um, both in Mazatlan and PV. It's hard to get a bad sunset there, mm-hmm. um, and you you do get some tropical. It's very tropical. Uh, in terms of weather, so uh, it's can be pretty steamy um, in both places. but you know Mazatlan it has been booming as well uh, in the last few years and um, I have a friend who lives there. she loves it she's you know she just kind of stumbled upon it and you know it's 15 years later now she pays something ridiculous like I don't know she was paying for was it that the for person you it. interviewed yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know, I know. Uh you want yeah, she has an incredible quality of life for mm-hmm. very little money.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, uh, very little money of course is relative depending on where you live. I I mean I'm comparing it to New York, but she, I think she her bills are are less than $1500 a month, and that's including her rent.
4: Got it. And I'm guessing you prefer PV, right? Is that do you prefer PV over the two cities? Um, I've
3: never been to Mazatlan, so Ah. I can't say, actually. Um, I do hope to at some point. Uh, And I'm sure the vibe is very different. And I think that it's less... uh, Mazatlan is less, I would say, touristy than (laughs) PV. PV can get pretty hectic depending on the season um, and depending where you are. Like if you're in downtown PV, uh, I prefer to be a little bit outside of the city. Right, um, but I think that they both have that charm for sure.
2: Mm.
4: Amazing, amazing. Uh, Mazatlan for me, uh, what what attracted me was uh, I've heard that it's a, it's a fish capital of the city, seafood capital of the country, right? Yes. And uh, that's one. And secondly, I love the name Mazatlan means deer, isn't it? That's <laughs> In a local language, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so deer is such a symbolic. Uh, animal. A lot of people see deers in dreams. And sometimes if they're taking plant medicine, they see visions of a deer. And deer tends to a lot of times uh, bring in uh, a lot of positivity and, and, and new beginnings. So I was like...
3: Oh, I did uh, not know is... that. That's no, really you did cool. you know
4: that? Yeah, if you see like a deer, especially um, in your dreams, you know, from far away in the forest, it, it usually means, and maybe that changes from person to person, but I take it as... The deer is inviting you to look at life in a different way or to make a decision that uh, is more in alignment you know, with your purpose. So,
3: Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I did not know that. See, I learned something new. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Uh, are there any other emerging cities that are on your radar right now? Because I know that there's a place called Nuevo Vallarta, isn't
3: it? Nueva Vallarta? Yeah, that's north Nueva. of um, Puerto Vallarta. It's yeah. very... Um, I've driven through it. Okay. Um, it's It feels very resorty, to be honest. I mean, there ah. I know there's a lot of new houses there, too. But there's mm-hmm. also like a lot of big resorts, um, okay. like gated resorts there. Uh, Busadias, okay. which is a little, it's about, I want to say half hour north of PV. Uh, okay. That's a really cute little town. Um, I think it's, it. It's like what PV must have been like 25 years ago, basically. Oh, okay. Um, Sayurita is a popular place that's kind of like a boho ish, you know, kind of place, um, mm-hmm. which is still just up not up the road. It is kind of up the road, but it's, it's even more north. Um, other city. I love Todos Santos. Todos Santos is, um, I want to say, a couple hours north of Cabo. It's it's on the Baja Peninsula, charming, charming town. Okay. Um, really had a nice time there. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's so there's just so much to explore there. I think people don't realize how big the country is. You know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And and to be honest, like the one thing, the food has been pretty much across the board, always good. Like there's always good places to find food. Um, That's crazy. Whether it's like your dollar fifty taco stand, or you mm-hmm. know your fancy restaurant, I've kind of had the whole gamut. Yeah. Um, I I really love going to the local places. You mm-hmm. know, I love having street food. I love mm-hmm. having going to like, kind of like your local hole in the wall family place. Um, yeah. Because then I feel like I'm really. Yeah. In the country, and you know. That's true. D- Eating, eating what locals eat.
4: So you're telling me that Mexico has like this beautiful lazy sunshine. It has good food. And I can have a siesta after the food.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you will most likely have a siesta after the food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: That's awesome. That's awesome. So I know we've been talking about Mexico for the most part on today's uh, session and talking about location and your home and where you belong and how rooted and grounded you feel. But uh, personally, uh, over the years, or maybe recently, have you found some other hacks or practices that uh, you feel is very useful when it comes to longevity and living a happier life?
3: Uh, I feel like our attitude to, or a view to live a holistic life, and by holistic, I mean, you know, what you're putting in your body How much you're moving your body, you know, where you live, the friends that you keep, the relationships that you have, the career that you have, these all play into your longevity. These all play into your health. Um, And I think that a lot of times we're so told to like, you know, you got to lose the 15 pounds and you got to go run the half marathon or whatever, you know, I think each person is different and... We need to be a little bit more forgiving to ourselves, but we also need to move every day. Sorry. You can't, you can't sit for eight to 10 hours a day and think that that's okay. Like there are consequences to everything that we do. If you want to eat the McDonald's, you know, every day there are consequences. That's all. And you just have to understand those consequences. Can you maybe substitute, you know, some green vegetables one day? You know, how can we make, small habit changes to make ourselves to, to just feed our soul and feed, feed our, our systems, um, in a way that's going to want them to be around for much longer because the reality is, you know, watching my mother have a stroke, like your body is never the same. Mm -hmm. You know, once you get sick, it's never the same. You know, my motto is, Don't wait to get sick to get healthy because that's what we do. We wait for the crisis, right? We wait for the heart attack and then we're like, okay, now I'll get healthy. But how about not get the heart attack to begin with, right? What kind of lifestyle changes can we make so that we lower the stress, that we're eating better, that we're moving every day, you know, and you have your non-negotiable. That's my biggest hack. All you have to do is like, what are you promising? What's the gift that you're going to give yourself today? right? Mine is meditation and going and walking my dogs for an hour every morning. Mm. Like that is non-negotiable. I can't not do it because I also know what it feels like not to do it now. Right. And once you start to do things that feel good, you just want yeah. more of it. That's just the way our body mm-hmm. and our mind works. Right. Um, so I just, I implore <clears throat> people to, to make small changes that they know that is good for you, but ultimately that they're going to want for themselves as well, right? You may not like spinach right now, all right, or you may not like kale right now, but okay. Mm-hmm. So let's have lettuce. Let's have you know romaine lettuce first. You know what I mean? Right. You don't have to jump jump to the kale salad if you're yeah. not ready for it. But yeah. let's try to eat some sort of leafy green. Let's yep. sort of just eat real food. Let's try to not mm-hmm. eat things that are out of a box every single day. Yeah. Right. Um. So yeah, yeah, no, I, I I always tend to go off on this sort of thing because I just, <laughs> I see people, you know, making themselves sick and they don't even know it and that there are small changes that they can make every single day towards health and towards, <clears throat> you don't want to get sick. Trust me. You don't want to have a chronic illness. And the problem is, is that, you know, right now after the age of 60, you have a 70% chance of gaining, getting a chronic illness unless you do something. So mm-hmm. that's our statistics right now. It's horrible. Can we fix it? Yeah, it's totally in our hands.
4: Yeah. And speaking about spinach, when I was uh, young, I used to hate spinach. And then I realized that it was just the preparation of spinach. There's There are ways and techniques to take off that bitterness and make it so delicious. You have all these YouTube channels right now that are uh, hosted by five-star chefs michelin star and uh, the opportunity is that you get to get that exact same recipe like one thing i want to try out is that uh, amazing spinach uh, spaghetti that i that i that i know is going to taste so good and i and i go I, and i gotta make it right yeah. <laughs> but oh my the gosh, preparation is right the preparation is all it is it's not so much about the vegetable but if you find the right recipe then you're gonna love it and it's gonna be tasteful and it's gonna be healthy as well so thanks a lot uh for bringing all of these things into our attention when is your next trip to mexico and how can somebody listening to our show uh, get in touch with you as well as um, if the time permits attend your your session or your workshop um uh, on on mexico
3: well i can be reached um at well through instagram mm-hmm. uh my Instagram and Facebook is at this is modern aging. The website is this is modernaging.com. If someone's interested in reading a little bit more about the program Dream Retirement in Mexico or attend the webinar, you can go to dream in Mexico.com forward slash webinar. Um, and sign up there. It's going to be November 5th and November 9th. Um, Just choose whichever session is better for you, where we're going to talk about buying real estate in Mexico, as well as healthcare options. Um, And yeah, if you want to email me, you can email me at uh, info at thisismodernaging.com. And yeah, I all things health. I just want people to be able to live their best life Um, And as long as possible, right? There's no point in living long if you can't be healthy and do the things that you want when you want. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's my goal for everybody is to really be able to live their best life as long as possible.
4: Amazing. Amazing. Thank you for sharing all of that information, that wisdom, that knowledge, those insightful steps about Mexico I certainly feel that I've learned so much uh, through our session together. Um, Action Tribe, if you enjoyed this episode, if you like this episode, make sure that you subscribe to us and write us an iTunes rating and review. Because through that message, you're going to give us feedback about how you enjoyed this episode and whether it was useful to you or not um so make sure you write us an itunes rating and review and like i said we've launched our new blog on my7chakras.com so make sure you go to our blog my7chakras.com where you'll get access to how-tos and guides and i recently uh, released uh, uh, an article about uh, statistics about the wellness industry there's so much of shifts and changes happening all these different uh, devices and things that can measure and quantify your health for you so that it's easier to take those small steps and uh, make those incremental shifts in your life. So make sure you go to our website, mysevenchakras.com. Um, so, Risa, thank you so much for coming on our show, talking to us about uh, Mexico, and giving us other options to consider, and taking us one step closer to a human revolution.
3: Thank you so much. It was so much fun, and everybody, yeah, just just take the just take that step forward. Just go and do it. Just go spend a week in Mexico. You'll never regret it.
2: Thank you for listening to My Seven Chakras at mysevenchakras.com. That is my s e v e n chakras.com.